Uh, welcome back to Web3 Whispers, where we talk to the gigabrains and anons that power Web3. I'm Matthias with my co-host, Steve. Who do we got today? Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad that we're back and recording the pod because uh, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, but last week I had I had strep throat, so we kind of had to push everything to the right a bit. But um, today we have Cove Duck, uh, Cove for short. And Cove Duck, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got into the space and how long ago that was and, and what that journey's looked like? Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Um, so I started like getting deep into crypto maybe like a year ago. Um, before that, I was like, you know, trading stocks, doing all of that stuff. Um, heard about crypto and never took it like, never really like dove in. I was interested, but then slowly um, just got in, read a little, stopped, and then Finally, I like really got in, got the essence of it, what, what the potential is and what crypto can do. And I was like, holy shit, this is like really fucking amazing, right? So mm. um, that's when I started like diving really deep into it. And ever since, I think like I started writing threads, I think um, February of this year, um, primarily as a way to like just learn better because i think like if you're going to put your ideas in public you want to like research them better mm -hmm. uh and then i also noticed that in web3 there's a huge learning curve right and there isn't all that much content yet there's a huge opportunity for like content writers and threaders mm -hmm. so i started doing like 101s for um different like blockchains and protocols and things and that's when I started like slowly grow, grow, grow. And then, yeah, I grew, I think I'm at 20 something K right now. So it's been pretty, pretty fast growth and that's been cool. But right now I think what I'm focused on is, you know, um, providing like valuable content and really like helping beginners transition into Web3 because uh, a lot of people I talk to, at first, they're like, yeah, crypto is a scam. But then when you like explain it to them, they're like, oh, shit, this is really, really interesting, right? So mm -hmm. my goal right now is just like write threads to, you know, break that learning curve, make it smoother. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'm working on a couple other projects too. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really interesting point too because I feel like a lot of the content that you see on Twitter, on Substacks and whatnot already makes the assumption that you know what you're doing when you're reading it. And I really like a lot of the the threads that you posted and the sub stacks to kind of attach to them that have been like really informative for someone that's maybe a little bit hesitant or just doesn't completely know what they're doing or just needs a little bit of help organizing the way that they go about understanding what's going on in Web3 crypto specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, I was going to say, God forbid you, you land on something that's like, a, no, you're good. I was just going to say, like, <laughs> God forbid you land on like a some devs blog post or something like that. And you're just like hit so many words that are just like, what is this guy talking about? You know, like your content's so good for that. Like it's mm -hmm. easy to get in. It's entertaining. Like it's not too like uh, term like tech heavy. So it's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Do you do you diversify? uh like, do you have, are you kind of in DeFi projects, NFT projects and crypto in general, or, or do you stay mostly within crypto? Uh, I'm pretty diversified. Like I know that mm -hmm. some threaders are like only DeFi or only NFTs. Uh, to be honest, like I'm pretty interested in both sides of it, right? Like I really mm -hmm. like Web3 gaming. I like NFTs, what they hold. I also like DeFi. Uh, so it's a bit of me still figuring out what um, I want to do uh, and like what I want to specialize in. And I kind of don't like, fully know yet but also mm -hmm. i want to have fun too right i don't want to like pigeonhole myself into like DeFi, 
because I was doing this like I think the first month when I really started growing every day I was writing like two threads three threads right like the whole day I was writing threads uh, mm-hmm. on different protocols like 101s on like avalanche and 101s on like whatever and then at the end of the month I was like man I'm really tired of this now because I was just so like tired of reading white papers and just trying to break down those technical details that mm-hmm. it was almost the point where like yo this isn't that fun anymore so now i took a step back and like i bounce around quite a bit like the other day i wrote about the metaverse and then mm-hmm. before that like DeFi. so now it's really like kind of what i'm interested in as well mm-hmm. but i always try to have that like beginner approach because i've been talking to like a lot of beginners and they ask me like oh what do you do i'm like yeah i like write and do some research and in crypto and they're like oh crypto and then that ends up being like a one-hour conversation of me explaining mm-hmm. crypto to them right and then when it happens they get it and i'm like okay if we just have better you know resources like you said everything is so technical and when, even when i approached the space the biggest problem for me uh, starting off was like i didn't know where to start uh-huh. um, i'd read like these huge technical threads and like i guess 90 percent wouldn't make sense to me because i was a beginner and there were some like aggregated resources but they were all over the place so i think the first like couple of months was just me like figuring out resources and all of that and i think Mm -hmm. like there's a much better way to do it and if someone can just boil that down and make it like um and have like one place where everything is like boiled down and targeting beginners Mm -hmm. i think that'll like really help like mass adoption too so what was what was your methodology like when you finally figured out how to get familiar with the space? How did that happen, or was it just the overtime of trying to kind of sift through the clutter? Yeah, I think for me it was primarily overtime. Mm-hmm. So like reading a bunch of random stuff, half of them kind of like um, not so useful. But then yeah, slowly through that process, I then found good resources. And then the good thing of that was when, when now I someone approached me and asked me for like advice on, and they wanted to get into crypto, I could instantly like direct them to good stuff. Right. So it's mm-hmm. out there. It's just a matter of like uh, curating it, but also like, I guess, boiling down the things that haven't yet been boiled down. And what and do you, what, to do. what do you think those, those like the best resources are for someone that's trying to get familiar with in the space or is it just a lot of, a lot of little things or are there some like pretty good resources that you think are really helpful? Just one-offs. Yeah, I think there's some really good resources out there already. Um, the Daily Ape, Darren Lau's Daily Ape has like a good collection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's this one thread by Peter Yang, I believe. And essentially, he starts off from the basics, right? What's a blockchain? What's Web3? What, mm-hmm. What's an NFT? The benefits? And like, it's just these like individual threads or like articles that are scattered throughout like, crypto. Um, and for someone who's already been in the space for a while, I think like it's a lot easier to help um, direct people. But then for most people who are just entering crypto, they don't really know or have anyone who can like direct them that way. Mm-hmm. And I know that you said you did a lot of 101s at the beginning on specific projects. So have you kind of figured out your method for what the best way is to think about a white paper and what the best way is to under- get get to understand or get to know a project uh, intimately enough that you can post a thread on it. What, what What's kind of been your process when you look at like one project, if you could just walk us through? Yeah, so 
yeah, start with the white paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, I was still like more crypto naive, so there was like a lot of um, reading garbage. Uh, yeah. But you know, now I think a better way is just identify the people who are like legit, mm-hmm. uh, but not like those who are in an echo chamber, right? Right. Um, and they're pretty easy to find. I'd say, like, if you just like follow avalanche stuff you can definitely find some people who like post critical stuff thoughtful stuff with um justifications their reasons um to what they're saying instead of just you know like oh avalanche the moon right Mm -hmm. so i think it's like (laughs) it's a matter of like finding those people which isn't all that difficult but i think also a part of it comes with like being in the space for a while and like reading stuff because I think a lot of projects, um, especially like the last cycle, like everyone was proclaiming themselves to be the next like ETH killer, right? Like, mm-hmm. And like every like Twitter account you'd see for every chain, they'd have like amazing marketing and, you know, all of these different like benefits and why they're better than like ETH. But, um, and for someone who doesn't really know that and someone's very new to the space, I guess it's very easy for them to um, look at that and, you know, believe it, right? Mm-hmm. So... I think just like being in the space, following good people who are like encouraging you to be critical uh, really helped me like, um, you know, get better at thinking as well. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure that over this like one year period where you've been, you know, getting familiar with and participating in the space, there's there's some things that you've learned that you feel like have been critical to the way that you uh, operate on a day to day basis and in getting familiar with the space. What what is what are what are some things that you've learned and how would you translate that into advice for investors? Advice for investors? Yeah, invite advice for oh, people. Yeah, yeah, that, I yeah, see. yeah, yeah. Got yeah. you, got you, got you. Like, um, yeah, I think like the first thing really would be like uh, just curate your Twitter, right? Optimize your Twitter mm-hmm. because Twitter really can be like an echo chamber and it often is you know mm-hmm. in a bull run it's like everyone's just shilling stuff and you know euphoric in the bear market i mean half of twitter is like empty but um it's also like a lot of fear a lot of like um unnecessary like fear instead of like constructive like thoughts right mm-hmm. so i think like the first thing that like recommend for anyone in the space would be like Try to follow guys who are really good. And the way you do that is, like, um, go to lists, right? Go to, like, find lists of um, of people who mm-hmm. are really smart. Because everyone, you can, like, view everyone's list if they're public. So just save those lists and browse those lists instead of, like, your timeline, right? Uh, and that, like, instantly makes your Twitter, like, 10x better. Yeah, um, that, was, that was crazy. I think I saw you. I don't know if you had that suggestion on, on Twitter, but I was, like, that's such a like a, a Twitter unlock right there where you do yeah, like yeah. the list instead of feeds. It's ridiculous. Like yeah, the feed is his, so like time consuming. Yeah, he had that <laughs> uh, crypto Twitter and and I mean this wasn't the title of the thread, but I know that you had that like how to really do crypto Twitter that most people are doing it wrong thread. Uh, we really mm-hmm. like that one. Yeah, it was just yesterday. I think like two days ago I put that mm-hmm. because I mean I noticed the difference too because before I'd be like browsing through my timeline and then like quality like threads I'd probably find one in like. 50 right like Mm -hmm. all the promos and like all that shit that's really useless and this waste your time (laughs) and and you think you're learning stuff when you're like reading a lot of these things but you really aren't right Mm -hmm. um 
And they're trying to make you exit liquidity, right? Like, they're like, yeah, co come by, whatever. It's amazing. And, like, everybody goes over there and just gets dumped on. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it sucks because even the whole USD thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. like if you spoke out against, like, the lunatics, you were, like, screwed, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were attacked, like... Uh, yeah. So, I mean, for anyone who was, like, new to the space, they'd be like, oh, this thing's giving me 20%. It's awesome, right? Like, I'm going to put everything into it. And then, you know, they got wrecked afterwards. Uh, and it's just a, it's a bad look for the space and it's bad for the space. Uh, and it's like, you can avoid that just by like curating your feed, follow smart guys, use lists. And when I started doing this, now I, I don't even look at my timeline anymore because there's no point really. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, it's kind of interesting because like, I think with, with some of these ones, the, like these big implosions and, or like scams that go on here, like, I feel like it's just so commonplace in crypto at the moment just where it is like kind of historically uh, or in it's like growth period here like adoption cycle um you know there's just shit like you know why is 20 percent not sustainable like well you know you got like ohm forks that are giving like you know or back in the day they're like 10,000 apy and like you know people are like oh okay from the outside if you don't like start digging a little bit more so it is i feel like getting in new it's just so like you know, you're, you're like a, a lamb to walking around a dark forest with a bunch of wolves. You know what I mean? Like, hundred percent ridiculous. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I it's mean, good like, to get your content. Yeah, like I mean, if you look back like six months before like the bear market started, like thousand APYs everywhere, and someone who's new, like they don't understand like the basics, like impermanence loss. They don't understand like liquidity pools. They just put their money in, and yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, it just yeah. feels like free money to them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think in a way, like. Maybe this bear market is good because it's like at least the silver lining of this bear market is that it'll help people like think better and help them realize like painfully so, but it'll help people realize um, that there's no free lunch, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it lets people like kind of reset, not have as much FOMO because when, when you see shit just going down like 20, 30% in a day, you're not like, oh man, am I gonna miss out on that hundred X? Like, you know, it's like, oh, maybe I don't really want to be in these. <laughs> like, maybe I just want to sit in cash and kind of learn, like, the hell I'm doing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So we looked at, we, we looked at, uh, yeah. oh, go, you can go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. Um, yeah. We looked at, we looked at a couple of your your most recent and you know most popular threads. We've we've, uh, like I said, we've been following you for a while, so. We really like the content that you've been putting out, but there are three that I marked um, that I just wanted to poke your brain on a little bit. Uh, the first one was the crypto Twitter and how to do it. And I know that you've kind of broken that one down, so we don't need to get into too much detail on that one. Uh, maybe even then I'll just go to the next one, which was the top 10 crypto wallet analysis. Um, that was a really cool thread. I think that is kind of taking that first step into following the right people on, on, on Twitter too. Um, what are a couple of the things that you learned during your analysis of those top 10 wallets uh, that changed the way that you think about investing? Ooh, good question. Yeah, that was a, it got some positive attention that blew up a little bit. Yeah, it did. Um, I, I think, yeah, that was, it, it taught me a good amount, I think. So I, what I did was I just like went to D-Bank, found like the top wallets and then like looked at their D-Bank holdings. Um, oh yeah, so D-Bank essentially. Uh, for people who don't know, it's like this platform that shows um, the holdings in a wallet. Um, mm -hmm. It's on EVM and like ETH and EVM chains. But um, so I was looking at it, and of course, it's not their like complete wallet or anything. But um, some of the things that stood out to me were like 
a lot of these whales are using like are focusing on like stable farming and yield farming on stables like mm-hmm. heavily so and for them it makes sense because if you have like i don't know like a million dollars you can like just live off of that right mm-hmm. uh so but more importantly it's just the value of like stable coins right and going back to what we we're talking about in a world where there like 10,000 APYs stable coins aren't that sexy or aren't that interesting right mm-hmm. um but i think they're like incredibly vital and it just goes to show how vital they are because a having liquidity is like key right if you don't have liquidity you can't get in opportunities that sucks um but also just like earning like 10% 20% is still on like safer returns is so much better than gambling and like mm-hmm. gambling like the majority of your portfolio away uh, i think that's why a lot of people got wrecked too because they're in all these different farms pools that were really unsustainable and you know if you had like a greater a greater proportion of your like net worth in stables mm-hmm. you wouldn't have lost as much so i think for me that really told me to like okay i i was like i was never that um like particular on my like boundaries i always had these like rules right okay like 40% 50% of my portfolio in stables but um in the bull market it's easy to like jump over that boundary and like not really stick to those like defined yeah. brackets right but that and just like this bear market as well really goes to show that like just be safe you know like there's mm-hmm. no free lunch um you gather like sure you'll make like crazy bets but you only hear about the winners you never hear about the losers anyway mm-hmm. so just uh keep your like portfolio in a good amount of stables um be safe you're not going to make it all in like one bet um i think that was one learning uh from that hmm what else yeah and i think I on that note too mm-hmm. it's 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 a good point i think it's so important to uh you know taking a step back from risk management like just giving yourself some commandments like some some borders to kind of live by um some rules to live by when you're when you're in the space and not and really like having the discipline to not break any of those commandments that you kind of set for yourself whether that's like oh 60% of my portfolio in stables or whatever and then you know the other 40% into like whatever whatever other projects living by those so that you know you're mitigating risk when you decide like all of a sudden like oh you know x project x little guy project is going to blow up now i'm going to put all my money in that and then you just end up becoming exit liquidity it's like giving yourself some some rules to live by when you're in the space is so important and actually having the discipline to not break those oh yeah 100% i think like uh everyone knows that but then they don't really follow it right right and yeah it's a discipline. i mean I, i was the same too yeah sorry No 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 I was just going to say no you're 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 right it's really it's really that just like everyone everyone understands portfolio management portfolio diversity yeah. and what not but but you know I'd say 90% or even more of people don't have the discipline to actually stick to that rule Oh 100% no I was yeah. the same too like there's so many times when I had these rules and I was trading even before crypto I was trading like stocks and options and it's so easy like when your um asset is pumping it's so easy to like forget your rules you know you're when you're supposed to sell but you don't anyway mm-hmm. and you like ape in more than you're supposed to and like inevitably in the long term you get tracked you may win like one of those trades this investment sure but you're not going to win long term right mm-hmm. and for me like i was taught that painfully by like losing money at each step uh 
So like now, because of like losing money at each step before that, I'm like, okay, I can't do this again because like I know for a fact that I'm most certainly going to like lose. And I think mm-hmm. like doing that has helped me a lot too. Like this whole recent like crash as well, like I didn't lose as much because, um, you know, I learned from the previous mistakes. And I think in that sense, I hope a lot of people, I hope people at least like learn that from like this, this cycle mm-hmm. um, and really like etch that into their hearts, right? Because that's like survivability in this market is like the number one thing if you want mm-hmm. to make it. Yeah, if you get your ass kicked by the market, it's really easy to walk away. And it, and I think that survivability and, and, you know, resilience in the market is so important. And it's good that, you know, some people like yourself had that learning lesson before this market. But unfortunately, I feel like the majority of people learn that lesson during this market. Yeah, and it's super unfortunate too. Like, Definitely. I was looking at like posts of like really people like um, like market mortgaging their house and like things like that. And man, that's... That's a lot. You don't want to be in that position. Yeah, it's terrifying. Um, so, were there any other were there any other points from the analysis, like big takeaways that you wanted to talk about, or do you want to move on to the next thread that I have? Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, more than that, was just like interest in like some other chains, like Phantom. There was some interest and uh, some protocols, but I think like that. Um, article is like what a month and a half old now so i think a lot and that was kind of before like the big crash and stuff too mm-hmm. so i think like a lot has changed mm-hmm. so i think the biggest takeaway though is like stable coins and like risk management yeah maybe it's time for you to to do a thread on you know what the top 10 wallets were doing during the uh the bear cycle yeah i was actually thinking about it so yeah that might be coming out soon that's exciting. Um, and then the 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 next thread, the last one that I have, and then I'll I'll pass it off to Matthias to ask some questions because I, I always end up monopolizing the beginning of our conversation. <laughs> That's all um, good. <laughs> is the the Web three marketing thread that you had? So I thought that was a cool one for anyone listening to podcasts, anyone thinking about getting into um, you know Web three via you know starting a project, being a part of a project team, being a contributor, a mod, whatever. Um, talk to us a little bit about that thread, the the uh, the Web three marketing, what the do's and don'ts are, and you know, what were some of your big ta- takeaways from that thread? Yeah, so uh, essentially, this thread was you know, um, a marketing approach that worked for me, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of like took from my growth on Twitter as well, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, starting off with my Twitter, I think the reason for the fastest growth, the reason I had um, the most important reason why I had like pretty fast growth was due to the fact that I was like um, just giving out value for free right I was doing this research and of course I was consistent I was doing it every day but I was giving value out for free right and that made me thinking about like that got me thinking about like projects because if you look at like protocol project uh, marketing or like project marketing a lot of it is just centered around like shilling their features shilling like their product and even when you have like 10, 20, 500 followers, every day there's like a thousand new projects, right? No one has the attention. And everyone's also tired of just like seeing um, just each project chilling. You have all these bots. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it is like disingenuous, like going back to like the the ETH uh, killers that we talked about, right? Uh, like for a newbie, like it's so overwhelming, right? Um, and anyone in crypto, like, very, very few people have a deep enough understanding in all these different like silos, right? Mm-hmm. So 
what I started doing with some projects that I was working with was just giving out like value for free, right? Just as I was writing like threads and like um, th- that thing on my like private Twitter, on my main Twitter, I started doing that for these different projects I was working with. So we'd identify like um, the target audience. And then based on that, we'd think of like relevant articles. So for example, this one startup that I'm working on, um, FusePass, right? It's a Web3 um, recruiting startup. Uh, and what we realized quickly was, um, oh yeah, before that, the target is essentially like Web2 devs trying to make their jump into Web3, right? So there's so many opportunities there to write content that's targeting like those Web2 devs making the leap into Web3, right? So different resource aggregation, like how how can you, um, or laying out like a path for them because the path really isn't there or isn't very clear for most people who are just entering the space, right? So just making those things simple for um, those guys. And that really like helped um, us grow quite fast and quite quickly once we started using that. And did this in a couple other places too. It's a matter of like finding uh, what your audience um, wants and then Mm -hmm. just giving out content for free, right? Um, Of course, that means you gotta like, as a project, you gotta like put in more manpower into like marketing and writing. Um, Or it could be, it doesn't have to be content per se, it could be some other form that um, is useful and more relevant to your audience. But um, just doing that, I think will help you stand out so much more than, you know, just listing out features and shilling like um, your project under like every comment section. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is like no one's reading it, right? Yeah, and the and you know the bulk <laughs> of the retweets are going to be bots anyway. So it's like trying to understand what the true audience, what their psyche looks like, understanding what the demand is there, and providing you know that value um, to the people that are providing that value in a way that you are satiating like exactly what they want. Yeah, exactly. And I mm-hmm. mean, even as a project, you you'd rather have like a thousand followers of people who are more likely to convert and become users mm-hmm. than folks who are just like 10,000, like 50,000 bots who like aren't going to do anything. Right? Yeah, no, 100%. So, and like, yeah, with this approach too, I, I learned that the, the audience you'd get and the followers you get are of much higher quality. And a lot of them are like willing to, um, you know, make the jump, at least try your project out. They're curious about what you're building too. So um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's an approach that worked for me. And I think, it also provides value to the greater ecosystem, the crypto ecosystem, because if there's more content, more like things given out for free, mm-hmm. like, people can learn faster, right? Yeah, it's funny. I, I find a lot of uh, I find a lot of similarities between like that concept and the, this concept of like NFTs as a means for subscriptions. Uh, it, I was reading an article recently. I can't remember who wrote it. Um, and actually, I think I wrote a little thread on it too, but uh, I was reading an article recently and it was just talking about how like the this, this switch from like web to subscriptions, um, subscription based services where, you know, you know, uh, Twitch or whatever company will, they dictate what, what amount of the fees they take from these different content providers, et cetera, et cetera. So it was just talking about like the value of one faithful subscriber versus you know the value of someone who's just willing to shell out like the three dollars a month to like watch your content you know and what that means is like when you make the switch to another um another content provider when you make the switch to you know 
subscriptions as an NFT, like will your subscribers, which subscribers will actually make that switch with you because they are attracted to and in tune with like exactly what you're putting out as content. Um, so it's like the value of a true subscriber, I feel like is kind of synonymous with like the value of a true follower. If you have, you know, one follower, I think one follower is worth like a million bots, really. I mean, the only the only good thing bots do for someone's account is they, they give you a little bit of clout, right? You have a lot of followers, even if like half of those are bots, it gives you a little bit of clout. But realistically, like the second you post a tweet, like how many retweets are you going to get if, you know, 20,000 of your 30,000 followers are, are bots, you're not going to get that much. So a true follower has so much more value than, uh, you know, these bots. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, like because attention is scarce, so many projects coming out. Uh, yeah, like what's the point of having like 50k cloud followers, right? Mm -hmm. like, nothing. Yeah, um, nothing. So yeah, I think for, that's the whole, flex, whole reason yeah. for all, all Twitter, flex. right? All Twitter is about flexing. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, but you're gonna flex with like a project account. Might as well flex with your personal account, that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know what you're doing, but um, yeah, yeah. I think it's bad for the space as well because mm -hmm. I mean, look at the number of bots like Azuki and Bayc. Those bots. Like every day, I was getting a new founder like DMing me or some shit, and I was like, yo this is this is a bit much right it's yeah. so annoying <laughs> and and it's like it's bad for like again beginners too because they'll click the links they'll click they'll get caught in those phishing scams mm -hmm. because they just don't know right and i think that's in part why like crypto gets a bad name too because a lot of people just get burned and they see these scams happening and like, mm -hmm. you know and yeah it's not, it's not a good look for the space and you know it hinders like more people coming in yeah, it is interesting yeah, when I look. Crypto to, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, it's interesting when I look back at like my time in the space and just thinking through like how my intuition when it comes to content has grown. Like, I think, you know, at this point, if I see a tweet, generally I have a pretty good idea of like whether or not it's legit. Just from, I don't know, a lot of it I think is subconscious, just like seeing so many sh like scam shills in the past. And, you know, but if I look back at like a year ago, it's like I felt like a, you know, doe-eyed, doe-eyed uh, crypto first timer or something like that. And it's just like, you know, your intuition grows so much the more you get exposed to all of this shit. Yeah, it's funny because, yeah, it was the exact same because uh, you see like this complete like biased one sided post like shilling something. And you're like, oh, that's amazing. It's really cool. This is going to be life changing. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's really not. And then. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, like one of the ways you gotta learn that is just by like being in the space and like mm -hmm. kind of dealing with all of those. But of course, you don't want to like be losing money or getting scammed when you're like supposedly learning. So, yeah, uh, it's better I mean, just to like it's better just to operate like skeptically. I feel like in the space in the first place, just like question everything you see. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I think like like no influencer, no writer, like no one is just purely acting on like goodwill right they always have like their own like agendas yeah. and things and like of course exit liquidity right right they you want see to so many of, like exactly you see so many like of these like influencers getting like caught where they um you know like shill a coin and the next day they dump it and the people buying it are all these like noobs who are getting like wrecked by it and of course if you like <laughs> lose like 10k you know because you trusted this guy 
uh, you're not coming back to the space. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I'll pass it over to you, Matthias. Sorry for the monopoly. <laughs> yeah, you're good. I was just gonna say, um, you know, crypto, crypto college tuition is very expensive for new people. You know, like you gotta kind of pay to learn one way or the other, unless you're just, you know, <laughs> don't yeah. don't feel any FOMO at all, right? Yeah, unfortunately. So, and I think, I mean, to be fair, I think learning um, in any like aspect of this, like this sort of thing like finance whatever is like there's always going to be some pain involved but i think crypto there's like extra pain involved just because of all the scams and you know how much of noise there is too and i think it'll get better eventually like it's already like getting better and you see um at least i've been seeing fewer of those scammy posts but um you know right now it's definitely very very expensive tuition for a beginner who especially doesn't have any like support of any sort well, yeah, I mean, even if these these institutions are getting hammered too, like, you know, like people are messing up left, right, and center, even like some of the big guys are are getting fished or getting, you know, I, I think uh, Arthur got hit a little while, a couple months back, oh, yeah. maybe a month back or something like that. You know, like, I mean, it, it's just people are getting more sophisticated, like it's all online, like there's, you know, the safety wheel, it's, it, you know, the training wheels are off from day one for, for crypto, so it's, it's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, so how open were, uh, I mean, one of the nice things about it being such a small space and, and kind of new and nascent is like that a lot of people seem really open. Um, how were a lot of the uh, influencers that you reached out to for that one article, um, were they pretty open? Did you have to reach out to 100 before you got like 10 answers or was it like you already knew them? How, how did you get a hold of them? What was the process like? Is it the one where I interviewed the different? Um... Yeah. Oh, that one, right, right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. A couple of them I was talking a little bit before, um, so they were like, I mean, like one or two of them responded quickly. But yeah, I think I sent out like probably over a hundred DMs. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Like like a ton of them because it really like messed up my DMs for a long time because I'd scroll down <laughs> and find old chat and I'd just be like, "Hey, I have this thing. Can you ask these questions?" And uh, but no, I think like yeah, definitely a hundred. A couple of hundred DMs, but I mean, it's still really cool that a hundred DMs isn't that much, right? To get some of these like yeah. really smart people to reply to you. Um, if you like look at other spaces, that's way more saturated. Getting access to these guys is near impossible for someone like uh, who's reaching out to them. Uh, and I think, like with crypto, it, like even CT being so small. Um, the cool thing is like, yeah, like 10 people may not respond, like 15, 20 might not, but there's always going to be people who will like eventually respond. And of course, these guys are busy, but you know, someone's going to see your message just because it's not, saturated. it's not that saturated. So someone's going to see your message and someone's going to reply to you. And I think that's another thing that people should also do is just like reach out to these guys, right? Ask them questions, um, like get their inputs on things because a lot of people on Twitter are really open to having conversation. I think that's why they're on Twitter, right? Because they want to have conversations. So yeah. that's another great way to learn if you're a beginner. Just like reach out to like smart people on Twitter and some yeah. of them will reply to you. Do you do you like have specific questions? So you kind of had a like general advice, where we're headed, what's your mindset, those those kind of general ones. Did you ever when you were DMing, like have uh tailor made ones for them or was it always kind of template just because there's so many? I tailor made a few, but then 
eventually got lazy and I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't tailor make like 100 of these. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, I was like, fuck yeah. it, I'm going to just like template it. <laughs> so there were a few tailor made, but it was just mainly this like template and then just sending that out to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it is nice though, like even if you tag people or like whatever, they usually will respond. Like, I mean, they're not that inaccessible except for like some of the really big accounts. Like, I mean, I've had fairly like famous fairly rich like you know like yeah. people that would never you know take an interview with you like respond to your dm or respond to a tagged message or dm or something so yeah yeah i think like uh kyle uh replied to me and i was like from multicap and i was like shit mm. what the hell um <laughs> you know because i was like because i wasn't ex- i sent it to him but i wasn't expecting him to reply to it uh but yeah like if they just see it <laughs> happen to see it a lot of the times these guys are like open to like replying to you and like giving you advice so it's funny that you mentioned him too like because he i think he's pretty open but he uh did you see the one where somebody was like he asked like who's building decentralized airbnb or something like that i don't know if you saw that on crypto twitter i did not see it no oh man somebody so he like posted that and then somebody's like oh yeah you know like um these guys over at dn are, are building and he's like dn he's like these nuts this <laughs> <laughs> is like got him with the dn of this dick joke Classic. <laughs> yeah exactly it was like uh, so funny it was like hey that's that's the the trench warfare of uh, dms oh and stuff gosh. man it's like from yeah, twitter, twitter was, sending shit it was so good i think like there was one yeah. week like a couple of weeks ago where <laughs> the dn jokes were everywhere and like targeting all these boomer investors right Oh, yeah. And like at least a good amount of them fell for it, and it was just so good, like gold tier comedy right there. I can't wait till we get like Peter Schiff and like some senators <laughs> and shit. You know what I mean? Like they get caught up in it. Uh, yeah, like, that, Peter, that, I know how you feel about gold, but uh, what about DN? Like that, what? That reminds me. Of, <laughs> that reminds me a lot of um, the the Tracy tweets. Matthias, have you seen those ones? No. What are they? Tracing my nut all over your face. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> so it's like people just get so creative with them and shit like that. It's just it's like ridiculous, but it's yeah. so funny. Dude, it that, is funny. That's also because like like I think half or even more of the gigabrains just like shit post and meme, right? Yeah, no, it's kinda crazy. Yeah. It's like all like all the traders and all those folks just like shit post and yeah, all these boomers just get caught up in it and it's just so funny to watch. Yeah, and the shit yeah, posts can be the shit posts can be like blatantly serious too. And so like someone who's kind of new in the space will just be like, "Oh, <laughs> this is this is for real." Like it's not the shit posts aren't always just like, you know, bad language, like not bad language like profanity, but just like, you know what I mean, like almost illiterate language and just like sometimes the shit posts are legit, like they seem they seem so real and some people just fall for it and they, they, they get their ass kicked. Dude, I love yeah. it. I, yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so funny cuz like uh, somebody was posting something like, man, these, these guys, like, researchers at all these, like, hedge funds and shit, they, they gotta have everybody, like, on follow, but then you get somebody like, um, D-Gen Spartan or, like, Hartwood uh, or something, it's just, like, half hentai, like, there's never, like, any alpha. Did you guys like, see the other day? Yeah, he's just, yeah. like... Like, there's one alpha post for, like, 20 <laughs> hentai posts. He was just posts, posting, like, like hentai posts, and then CZ yeah. ended up, like, following his hentai accounts, <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> That's so funny. Accidentally. 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 Yeah. Just gonna make sure there's no alpha there. Just slipped and followed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, after all this technical bullshit, like, a good yeah. meme is all you need. A little like, palate cleanser, you know? Mental yeah, palate yeah. cleanser. Yeah. Like, cause, cause <laughs> I, I saw that and I died when I saw, like, CZ. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. They screen capped it. Like, <laughs> like, shit, get in here, small shit, get in here, get in. <laughs> like, instant inverse bra right there. 
Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I, I do like um, like DJ and Spartan stuff's pretty good. And there's a lot of guys in here that are like, yeah, like I mean, where else would you have access to like nine figure, like maybe even like mm-hmm. some ten figure whales? Like you don't just don't know how these guys have been around for so long and kind of been at the top of their game for like you know since the beginning yeah where else would you have yeah. like, access you well know, so to that i feel like stuff? i feel like so much of it too is like you say like they've been along been around for so long but like it's so long relatively right like we always talk about how, yeah. how quickly <laughs> the space moves and how you know one year irl is like uh, you know 10 years in crypto or something like that and it's like it feels it feels like a lot of it is you know these people were in our shoes in like the common person's shoes like not too long ago and so like the memory of like being in those shoes and like the ability to like kind of empathize and just wanting to like you know talk a bit about their experience and whatnot is much more vibrant or like you know it's it's much more vibrant than you know in real life like when you talk to like a ceo like you know you talk to someone on the board it's like you know they were in your shoes like 50 years ago they weren't in your shoes like you know five ten years ago yeah, the generational stuff is crazy too. I, I was yeah. just listening to um, something on they're they're going over the history of Peter Lynch, like what how he what his childhood and like how he came up and all this kind of stuff. And like a lot of these guys, or even like Warren Buffett and some of these guys, they basically are doing what we're doing now, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're going through stocks, they're going through like what, what they're doing, going through stocks, like going through their their basically their white papers. Yeah you know, the quarterly reports or whatever, and they're looking for undervalued stuff that's going to blow up. You know, they're looking for that 100x gem in the rough. Like, they were just looking for 10x gems, you know, and uh, it's literally the same shit that we're going through now. Like, you're scrolling through or going through so much, like, so much stuff to sift through the the signal from the noise. Like, it's just funny that they, like, I think a lot of the TradFi has forgotten about that or mm-hmm. wasn't around for that time that now they're just like, oh, yeah, this, this shit's a scam. Like, 100%. But it just solidified it, you know, in my mind. Like, oh yeah. yeah, this this is legit. Yeah, I mean, I think also on the other hand, like people look up and look at like folks like you know Warren Buffett, and it's like, yeah, I could never be like that, right? They were just like yeah. built different, you know. But then, <laughs> but then now you see like all those like like equivalent like crypto like OGs who are just like shit posting and being more accessible, more like human almost, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it, I think they share their learnings, they're way more open about it too. And it's like, oh, like I can do this too then, right? Like yeah. if, if I like do it, like I can just follow what they're doing. I can like learn from them, but I'm still in the right space at the right time. And I have the opportunity and I can actually execute on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still early. Thing. Exactly, we're <laughs> still early, bro. No, but I mean, for sure, I do agree with you because I think a lot of people on crypto Twitter, like they're not the the generational gap, like there's not like they're not like 50 or 60 for mm-hmm. most for the most part. But also, I feel like they didn't go through a lot of the, the stuff like maybe a Warren Buffett or some of the TradFi guys went through like the hazing that was like a very mm-hmm. real like, you know, if you're you're Catholic or Jewish or you couldn't be working, at, you know, you couldn't work at Goldman Sachs if you were Catholic or, or you couldn't work as a Jew at, you know, another, a Protestant firm or whatever. Like, they, they're actual yeah. biases that were there. So they were, like, legitimately hazed and barred uh, from places. Like, crypto Twitter, they're like, like, you can post hentai all you want. And they're like, yeah, you want, like, you know, you want an allocation? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Like, you know, like, uh. you know, so, like, there's... So there much isn't that like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so much of that I feel like is an aversion to TradFi too. Like everyone just tries to do the opposite of what people are doing in TradFi. You know, not mechanically necessarily, mm-hmm. but like from a personality standpoint. Well, yeah, I mean, I think mm. even people that are were 
came up or in TradFi or like have a TradFi background are like, oh, I don't want to do that shit. You know what I mean? I don't want yeah. that culture to kind of yeah. follow me here. Yeah. You know, they want a better, better 100%. experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, that's where like they're also open to like, you know, just memeing, posting hentai, like whatever shit posting because people just, I mean, a lot of it is like kind of unnecessary to think about it. Like, mm-hmm. do you really want to put up these like formal walls and, you know, act a certain way? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, sure. But like, it would be nicer if you could just break it down, right? And not have it yeah. all. And just like focus on skill, focus on like talent instead of like all these other things that shouldn't really matter. Yeah, there'd be yeah. so much more people, so many more people in TradFi if like Hentai was in the company email, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. HR would be having too much. There'd be a 100 man HRs and shit. Uh, we don't need, we don't need HR. Hentai we don't, we don't have HR in crypto. <laughs> Just get the HR out of, uh, out of TradFi. Yeah, get, exactly. We'll get rid of all of it. But it, but I mean, yeah, it is so true. And I think a lot of these guys just have that, like, that fuck you money already. You mm-hmm. know, when you have, like, you know, nine figures, you're just like, okay. Like, uh, you know, they're just, like, done. Or even, like, you know, seven, eight figures. They're like, great, you know, I can stake in DeFi and just live off the proceeds forever. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, so it's nice that they, they're not really trying to prove anything. So they do, like, they are generally pretty cool and will help mm-hmm. you out. Like, if you're coming to them like in the right mindset i think for sure because i think a lot of guys getting in yeah. new are just like so desperate that yeah. they just don't even know what to ask you know if they got like a interview with uh you know like dj and spartan or kobe yeah. or something they're just like uh can you wire me a thousand million a million dollars like 10 <laughs> just, million it's just like you know like just, just send spur, me 10 like, ETH, bro please send me 10 ETH. yeah please change please my life ETH. and send me 10 ETH. like <laughs> like teach how, how me can i get rich fish. by tomorrow <laughs> And like yeah <laughs> like what should i invest in like right now like yeah like what's that, the 100x gem <laughs> exactly and i think that probably pisses them off too right because right like, if you ask like very basic questions that like are googleable like you're wasting their time but you're also like wasting your opportunity to talk to them so, yeah. like, right it definitely like should definitely prepare like think about it and a lot of them are also like against like this echo chamber stuff right they hear that they get like they ask questions they want to hear insightful conversation insightful debate so if you're just like blind and like completely like um you know sheep almost right like Mm -hmm. they're not gonna like it because you're not thinking and they want you to like think so i think like just learning the culture as well because a lot of these like shit posters too like in all that hentai and all that like uh you know those pepes and everything like there's alpha in there right um Mm. but then most people can't like discern that to them it's just like a weird frog on the screen and like there's <laughs> charts and stuff but that's the thing like, all of these guys they drop like some of the most valuable alpha out there like you don't have to waste time like you know scouring discords for alpha just learn the culture right mm-hmm. try to like understand what they're saying and eventually you will you understand what like hentai um what hentai does with the next like has to do with the next like 10x coin right uh, yeah. because like <laughs> hentai is the connection <laughs> Hentai um, is the bridge my, my from Web 2 to Web 3. And I'm going to get a call after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But exactly, right? Like, all of this, like, there's alpha, but you need to learn the culture, right? Going back, like, there's no free lunch. You got to put in the hours. You got to, like, mm-hmm. understand this culture. You, you just can't be, like, you know, have the trade five mindset, that, that old mindset that crypto is trying to, like, get away from. And... Like, if you can, like, learn it, and it's not that hard to learn. You just have to, like, follow them and engage with them and 
you know, slowly over time, you will learn it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's the biggest edge, the crown's biggest edge you can give yourself. Well, yeah, I think it's something that like a lot of people too, like they realize when you're playing poker as well. It's like these guys that will splash, you know, splash the pot or mm-hmm. so basically like, like, you know, if you like, let's say you DM, you know, Kobe or whatever, and you're like, please send me 10 ETH, you know, and it would change my life. He's like, okay, <laughs> done. Here's 10 ETH. You're literally probably going to just go like 5X lever that on Binance or something. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. just there. You're going to lose it. The, when you yes. have that kind of mindset, you're going to lose it so fast. Yeah. You it's know? about that thing, right? Don't like yeah. learn how to fish, teach him how to fish exactly exactly like i mean that's i think what the most frustrating part is and the learning curve is just so steep in crypto too it's just like i mean you could go from like you know just using coinbase to like legitimately never using a centralized exchange and you know minting from the contract and whatever like well i mean like that one that happened optimism that's insane and the thing the thing too i feel like is like the learning curve if everything were static would still be steep and, but you could get there, right? But it's like nothing is static here. It's just so rapidly oh. shifting. It's like the the learning, like it's it's tough trying to learn when you know something that you learned like two days ago could just be out of date. Yeah, you yeah. have a good point actually. I think like that makes a lot of sense because um, it's incredibly overwhelming, and I think most people who want to dabble in crypto like just don't have the time, or they can't go like full send into crypto, like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you you really can't expect everyone to you know go full send into crypto and dedicate like hours like keeping up and reading everything because even like i spend like a lot of hours on twitter but then every day there are things that i miss uh like big things right and oh yeah i'm sure everyone um feels that way because it's such a huge space and i think that's why there's a huge opportunity for like content creators um to solve this problem right getting that leverage because it's beneficial for you as a content creator because you can get like immense leverage right mm-hmm. but also it's a big problem to solve that can really benefit the whole ecosystem yeah for sure i mean there's stuff like you know like maple finance had its like lbp like it was like last month i was like how the fuck did i miss yeah. this <laughs> like you know what i mean and everyone's like oh yeah this is an amazing product i mean i do i do like maple and stuff like that i think it's it's pretty cool i wonder what what do you think on some of these like as we're talking about this you know like the their asymmetry of information like you know big players are kind of like i mean there's some benevolent you know whales but there is a lot of like big sharks there out yeah. there you know um do you think that's going to change in the future do you think that's kind of just like how the nature of markets anyways it's probably in tradfi as well like what do you what's your take on that uh i don't think it'll be this bad over time mm-hmm. like, I, I think like you know there's obviously an incredible amount of this asymmetry here to the point where like the people in the know can like completely like wreck and like wreck like retail investors right mm-hmm. uh, especially of it like unsustainable like ponzi's um i think that's also gonna have to do with like just understanding that like understanding where value comes from and, and like trying to like you as an individual should be able to like discern or like have somewhat of a sense of okay is this a ponzi does this make sense uh or is it not you can't just see like you know 100 percent apy because the sharks it's an opportunity for them because they see like all these like um relatively inexperienced unknowledgeable like folks coming in and of course they're gonna like short you of course they're gonna wreck you right they might dump one mm-hmm. um so i think like i mean as time goes on i think security will get better and ponzi's will decrease so that's like better it uh, but on the, on the other hand, like 
whenever there's an opportunity for a whale, I think they're going to take it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and I think like even as crypto like matures and becomes um, less wild west, I still think um, with their opportunities, they'll take them. But I think the average investor will get like smarter and they'll build like, a lot of safety rails to protect them as well. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think that like a lot of people that are kind of against um, uh, like investor laws, like sophisticated mm-hmm. investor laws, don't realize like this is basically what it would be like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, but probably worse because this is like, it's literally like all online, you know, nobody's, everybody's kind of here to help too. Like everybody's like, oh, I learned this. I'll tell you about it. Or like you can make groups like, you know, like if you did that with like TradFi, like JP Morgan would definitely be like, sh- like just shitting on you every day, like and just 100%. taking all of your money. There would just be nothing, like you, nothing you could really do. Like, you know, it's just so. I don't yeah. know. People, people like to pretend that like crypto is like, oh, it's you know so like, um, like a good old boys club or like you know <laughs> it's biased or what. It's like literally like mostly hentai picture profile yeah. pictures or anime profile pictures, like. I don't even know half these people like what what anything is with that like yeah. and it just doesn't even matter at all you know what i mean like it's it's crazy that people think it's like you know restrictive at all like it's the most egalitarian place you could you could possibly be <laughs> but and i think it's also one, like inevitable oh sorry yeah oh no i was just saying one one you know hentai picture and everybody's like oh this must be a bad thing you know like <laughs> yeah. it's just like literally but i do feel like that's a veil to keep people that are like kind of would not be fun anyways out a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. yeah you know what i mean like that's oh they're point. gonna be yeah was, like if they're gonna be that you know I whatever it's this, crazy um uncommon core podcast i think it was like yeah with, uh Fiscantis and Matsi, where they talk mm-hmm. about like um, in a way, all this shit posting, this, these memes and everything, um, it's like on the surface, it's just like, you know, degenerate stuff, right? But yeah. it's also uh, has a secondary purpose. It kind of keeps like uh, all those people, um, isn't like this, all this like exclusive knowledge almost, right? All this alpha, all this information, this boys club almost, right? And it serves as like a barrier between like um, everyone else and people who are in the know. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Which I always thought was hilariously like hypocritical that everybody's like, or, or people outside will be like, "Oh, it's just a boys' club because they post like, you know, naked girl pictures." Like, well, <laughs> you know I mean none of these lesbians are coming in. Like, what is everybody just like? It's only you know, like that's a pretty big assumption you just jump into. Yeah. Like, they already have it formed in their mind, like who the bad guy is, yeah, and that they're you know. But it, it's I think that kind of mindset of like. Uh, people like oh I'm a victim or oh like I couldn't do it because like there was some invisible force holding me down like crypto is what will equalize it is the great equalizer there's nobody like I mean there's free coding courses there's free whatever courses all online like you can you know it's all about how much you put into it oh yeah 100% I think like um, the potential that it holds to like you know change a lot of the things I don't think it's going to change like everything and create a perfect utopia of course but it has the potential to create so much of positive change. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad that, you know, a lot of people outside this space are very, very quick to um, dismiss it, right? Because mm-hmm. they've just been fed this, like, you know, narrative and, you know, they don't do research, they don't have time, they interest, whatever, but they're just so against it. And like even Web3 Gaming, for example, I think like Dr. Disrespect a while ago tweeted something about an NFT collection. I was reading the comments mm-hmm. and everyone was just shitting on him for like, um, you know, 
creating an NFT collection or doing or making like a blockchain game or something. And I was like, the benefits that blockchain uh, games have are like really, really immense and can like really better the gaming ecosystem. Right? Mm-hmm. And like people just don't like know that. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. I mean, I feel like it's this like aversion to something that's different and unknown that so many people outside of the space have that creates that sort of perception of this being like a boys club and whatnot. It's like their own defense mechanism for like giving themselves reasoning with themselves of why they're not going to get into why they're not going to get into it. And they're, it's their way of like shilling out like, oh, don't get into crypto blah, blah, blah. Yeah. like extra tradfi person is, you know, trying to trying to uh, reason with themselves and reason with other people yeah. like why they shouldn't get in. Uh, yeah, and I think, I that, think also, I'm sorry, go on, go on. no, I, I was just going to say, I think a lot of that has to do with like this sort of artificial secondary barrier that you're talking about, like this culture that we have within the space that sort of serves as like a synthetic way to, you know, push people that shouldn't be in the space or would do the space kind of harm out of getting into the space. Yeah, I always thought, thought of that as kind of funny, too, because like, I mean, regardless of what it is, right? Like, mm-hmm if someone's making like hundreds of thousands of dollars selling like things, JPEGs, whatever, it would pique my curiosity. I want to make like hundreds of thousands, right? Yeah. So at least I'd be mm-hmm. like open-minded to it. And I think um, that having like an open mind to it. Um, well, I think would, a lot really of, beneficial. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, my, my thing cut out. But I was just going to say like, I think a lot of these people though that are really like, you can't convince them. Like the, I feel like there's people that are like curious and they're yeah. like, oh, you know, I've heard bad things, but I'm kind of open. Like, I'm like, what is it? Like, it sounds weird, but like, and then there's people that are like, no, you're burning, you're boiling the seas. And like, there's literally nothing yeah. we'd say that like, those people are so like, uh, unhappy to their core <laughs> like they don't yeah. want to see like because uh, i mean crypto is a lot of self-responsibility as well mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. if you lose money it's kind of your fault like if you like make money it's kind of your fault like if you you know like if you do really well with it like okay good like it's mm-hmm. it's your fault it's all kind of based on your yeah. own efforts yeah 50 so year they old... don't really want that sorry yeah. sorry yeah. For, i didn't mean to cut, cut you off no no go for it you, you're just, good i was just gonna say like 50 year old tradfi investor doesn't want to see like 16 year old you know make a million dollars <laughs> that's like the I, yeah. I feel like yeah. a lot of it just has to do with like that unhappiness with like how things have changed and how like there's so yeah. much money getting shifted down to every kind of demographic true i think yeah it's also like very weird for them because all their lives they, they have these like models right you gotta go like work like in this big firm like you know progress up the ladder or whatever whatever and then you see like a 15 year old like who makes sold something for like 20 million yeah and like it pisses you off i guess yeah exactly <laughs> but uh yeah i think you're right i think they're like a couple of different groups there's one that like would like to learn more but then like i guess they don't like have the time or they haven't they don't have the right resources mm-hmm. and then definitely like these folks who like just hate it and i think a lot of the popular like criticisms of crypto too are this like wrong Mm-hmm. Like, yeah or like outdated wrong or completely like just just uninformed yeah uninformed exactly or just completely fabricated yeah. like i mean I, I do feel like there's a, an unfortunate population that is like basically held hostage like a lot of these artists that are like mm-hmm. oh well if i come out you know and, and i say i'm doing an nft project like you know it feels like all my community but really it's probably like two to like you know 10 percent. basically will just go tell me to like kill myself like it's like literally that yeah. bad like the, mm-hmm. you know and so it's like they don't want 
like to get a hundred notifications on Twitter, like that they're killing every, you know, everyone oh, yeah. they're so bad and you know, whatever, like, so I think they're kind of being held hostage though. I think they will break those chains at some yeah. point where they'll just go, fuck it. I'm on, I'm on mute. Like I'm on broadcast only on my Twitter yeah. and I put out my NFT, it blows up. And it's like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I'm going to just <laughs> make this exactly. money instead of listening to you guys. Yeah, no, I saw this tweet the other day, um, a while ago, this artist had like 100k um, followers, whatever, and she, she was from like, you know, not crypto. So her following primarily comp um, comprised of like, non-crypto folks who hated um, NFTs, all these artists who hated NFTs. And then yeah. she's like, fuck it, like, I really need money, I'm going to make something. And then like all the comments were just like hateful, like attacking her for it and saying that she's like the worst person. And then I think she like muted the, muted the comment section and did it anyway. And then she ended up selling it for like 100K or something, a lot of money. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like the comments, I went through that when I, I saw that one. The artist is, is great. Um, but like the comments were like, you know, the, the lady was saying, or the, the artist was saying, like, you know, I can't live off what I'm making from my traditional, from my art, like, right now, the way it stands. Like, I don't even make, I think it was like, I don't even make $10,000 a year on this art. Like, I can't yeah. live off that. And then, and then there's comments underneath, like, oh, no, like, I'll, you know, I, I'll support you or whatever. Oh, this is, and they're like, good, go buy the art right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, oh, I, you know, I'm not going to, like, <laughs> obviously, you haven't been doing it. Like, or else they wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be making 10 grand a year off, like, their art. Like, they were a good artist too yeah yeah and i mean i think like you're right i think slowly these shackles will be freed because people like her and people others will see her as an example and be like oh shoot i can make money off of this and slowly people will like at the end of the day people prioritize like their own money and as mm -hmm. they should their own money themselves, yeah. or, as opposed to like what random people on the internet are saying yeah, and uh, you're not you're not like walking into a dark, lonely room either. If you make the switch, it's like, well, like you know, Web three, Twitter will will welcome you with open arms. Exactly, and I think, like, looking at that post too, everyone from like crypto was super nice, super welcoming, and mm -hmm. um, in some sense, I guess the responsibility falls on the people on, on us, like who want to like convince these folks. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, and I think it's also really awesome that, in general, what I've seen, the crypto folks are very welcoming, very um approach no matter like how much we get shit on by like you know everyone else uh everyone's still like <laughs> very you, you can't like out meme ct shit lords anyway yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i know it's so the thing too it's, it's crazy because it's like i think people will switch over but it's kind of nice to it, for it to be such like a small community like everybody kind of you know everybody is generally pretty helpful in mm -hmm. crypto too like it's it's actually pretty nice like so I think we should enjoy it while it lasts, while it's still niche. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy yeah. the bear market. Definitely. Years from now, we'll be nostalgically talking about this, this like <laughs> I know. This podcast and this like environment. Because you're right. I think once everyone comes in, it probably will fade or like change at the very least. Yeah, I mean that's what's kind of nice about Twitter Spaces too. It's it's kind of cool. We we're gonna do more of those too, but like. You get people in and you get them on sometimes you get them on stage or you have like some questions or like you know you kind of everybody gets to interact a little bit some people are weird and it's like yeah. you know just weird weird and some people yeah. are like super chill and it's it's awesome and it's just you know it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah yeah um have you been doing a lot of spaces we uh we, i wanted to do more but yeah <laughs> no i was just gonna say exactly what you're saying we're trying to we're trying to do more spaces we like we we want to keep the podcast like the episodic form here because we think that it you know it 
it makes sense to kind of do both. And the spaces are really nice because it's just kind of like live content with people just being able to listen in like live, live time. Um, and we, we enjoy that too, because we can kind of like host our episodes on Twitter and keep them there, like archive them, which is really nice. And I think so many more people are willing to hop on a space spaces than they are to like hop onto a podcast and jump through all the hoops mm -hmm. to get into like, you know, like our recording studio and whatnot. And so it's been, uh, I think, I think, I think we want to start doing more spaces. We see it as an opportunity for growth and also an opportunity for outreach. Yeah, yeah maybe we should do a space together. We'll just like, we'll bring some, I, the, the only problem I have with spaces is like some people, I know some people get nervous about getting up like on stage or whatever, mm, yeah, or it's like, live. you know, yeah, yeah. you get like, especially like if we did one, we get like, let's say a hundred, 200, whatever you get these spaces, like the people that are like thoughtful and sometimes like, or I can ask the good questions, don't want to get up on stage. They don't how, know how long it'll like, you know, what place in line they are. Like if they're going to ever get pulled up, like you have to do it on mobile. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like so annoying. Like they make it so hard. The mobile thing um, is super annoying. They need to make the switch soon to where we can like actually yeah. do a spaces on, you know, via mic and headphone because having to pop open my phone and use it every time is annoying. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, and then you could go to like, you know, if you use an emulator or something like that, you might just get like banned yeah. off Twitter. It's like, okay, <sighs> like, you know, yeah. Discord is, is kind of good too for that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah. then you have to get everybody, wrangle everybody in there. So kind of hard. True. Yeah. But I, I think, I think, uh, I think it'd be fun. No, the I think, yeah, I was thinking about it too, because yeah, I've been thinking about like ways in which I can like, you know, take the commun my tech community to the next level. Right. And I definitely mm -hmm. want to start like engaging with, um, like my community, but also like other people on like spaces too. So yeah, we'd yeah, love, I think yeah. Was, we'd love yeah, to have you on a spaces. Hundred percent. Let's do it sometime. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think it. I think the spaces works really well when you kind of have something kind of consistent too, like a like like a TV show. Like, mm -hmm. like oh, Friday night. You know, I think there's like one like Rug Radio, and there's like I know there's this one chick that's really been like killing it, but she's on the spaces like all the time and just like randomly is on everybody's spaces too, which is kind of random, yeah. but I'm sure she's amazing. I just haven't heard her, but it's just like, and she's like, it seems like she's all over the place. But um, if it's kind of regular too, people are like, oh, okay, it's like Tuesday night, I'm checking out, whatever. Like, Yeah, that's the, um, that's the only so downside I think to the spaces is like, you have to get enough attention before you have the spaces to like really have an audience. <laughs> because like with our episodes, obviously, like uh, we showed out on Twitter and then people like a week, two weeks, a month from now can come back and listen to them. But like with the spaces, I mean, you can still record them so people can go back, but in terms of like having live and like being able to do like AMAs, if you really want like a big audience, you kind of have to give them the heads up and give them mm -hmm. enough time to kind of show it themselves too. So that's the, only, that's the only downside, but you know, I think it'll come with growth. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, what do you guys think about like, um, like having a set like structure, like set topic, like you talk about this, et cetera, et cetera, versus like, have an open uh we like, I like it yeah I mean, we like it yeah i was just gonna say like we, i mean we're pretty freeform on here and stuff like yeah. that but i think it's it's nice to have kind of a like that's what i was gonna actually gonna mention before too like we're very much like that too I, I, we me and steve were talking about like damn i mean i like nfts i like DeFi, i like crypto in general like like i like all of it like you know and yeah. it's kind of hard to like encapsulate it all unless it's like you know the cove show you know like unless it's like about you as the center um mm -hmm. so like you know traditional marketing you'd probably just break it up or you'd you know label it so we were kind of struggling with that as as well so it was kind of hard but 
I think probably doing separate ones is probably going to be the best. Um, but then you fracture your audience a little bit too. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. We're, we're getting um, there. We'll figure yeah. it out. Um, yeah, it's an experiment thing, really. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting... It's so, like, young oh, and new, so, yeah. No, no, I was just going to say, <laughs> the, the, the last point was, like, it's is... so young and new, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just keep interrupting you. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. I'll just blame it on the strep throat. My brain's still fried. <laughs> no. Well, sometimes there's, like, a delay, too, and it's, like, or, yeah. or my end, there's, like, a delay, and I'm, like, oh, or somebody pauses, yeah. and I'm, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, all I'm talking about. It's always, like, oh, am I, do I start now? Do I not talk? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that's what happens in spaces, too. Like, there's, like, this long, like, these long pauses like people get brought up on stage and then they're like you know in a wind tunnel and their kids screaming or something like that or they yeah. have like a you know they're uh, whatever's like going on it's just like chaos like an and they're like behind. yeah exactly right <laughs> and then it's like oh hey can you guys hear me like everybody starts with can you hear me yeah <laughs> you know i did too and the, yeah and the awkward part is like then the hosts aren't like yeah sure like go ahead they're they're like everybody kind of waits for a second and then then two answers like yeah yeah go ahead we can hear you like what yeah. do you what do you want like there's nothing yeah. wrong with keeping, so a, keeping a space is like super casual and like unassuming i feel like I, it's just mm -hmm. like it's the i mean it's the nature of doing the spaces in the first place is the fact that like people are in and you know the nature of crypto web 3 anyways is like everyone's in a different place different time zones etc so like as long mm -hmm. as the hosts are understanding i feel like it's never that awkward but if the hosts are just like really cutthroat and like uh oh, we can't hear you like next person that's when i'm like yeah. i'm kind of like uh, this is weird yeah 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 like, when i was listening to those i'm just like ouch yeah i, I couldn't afford <laughs> them you know yeah i know i feel bad because some that's what i was talking about like some of the guys like are really nervous getting up there <laughs> yeah. too like yeah and they get up there and like hey super excited and they're like yeah whatever we can't hear you or like green or something like that yeah. it's like feels bad yeah definitely <laughs> bad man but anyways, man, we're exactly. uh, we're we're a little bit past the hour mark on this, and um, I mean, unless you have anything that you want to say before we hop off, uh, I think it's a good time to to call it. Matthias Kovduck, if you guys have anything. No, no, that's I'm it. I'm good. Well, yeah. I think for, we could do. Of course, we could find stuff, but yeah, hundred yeah, <laughs> yeah. percent. No, I was just gonna say thanks for thanks for joining us, man. It's been like a really enlightening conversation, and I think you have so much valuable content that you put out um via twitter via sub substack etc that uh we could do a podcast with you all the time a spaces that you know whenever you want um but yeah no it was it was great talking to you man and thanks for thanks for joining us yeah thanks man i appreciate that um thanks for having me really enjoyed talking to you guys we'll definitely do like a space or something else after we uh, yeah. gotta talk again yeah definitely and uh this episode will probably sure. be up either tonight or tomorrow and we'll just give you a heads up so you can see it on twitter Again, but I'll, I'll share it too. Awesome. Yeah, Sweet. that'd be great. Thanks, man. Of course. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, you too. You too. Bye. Bye.